Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is continuing here on a busy Friday. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster only on the Goodyear hotline in about a half hour. There's the baseball trade deadline right now, five hours away. Big moves, big shoes still to drop. We'll talk about it. We talked about making fans cry. I actually just saw something on Twitter that might make fans in one city feel that way a little bit today. And we'll get to that in just a matter of moments. A couple of the big things have happened. You heard them there in Sports Center. Megan Rapino with a game-winning goal and penalties. The U.S. women beat the Netherlands uh, to get into the semis at the Olympics. So that's good. It was good to watch there. So things are coming in fast and furious. It's official. Texas has voted to go to the SEC. That's all officially official officially and that was just a foregone conclusion so all that is out there but right now to the baseball I'm ready to go right now. green light light with greeny give me the green light. so i'm going to give the green light to hembo here as as we are operating in the midst of a very busy trade deadline here and we still have five hours for deals to be made i'll get to those in a minute but i want to start with the ones that have been made okay We've seen aggressive moves made in a variety of places. None more than with the Dodgers, who get both those stars from the Nationals, Scherzer and Trey Turner. And the Yankees, who on consecutive days bring in big bats. We said they needed left-handed hitting, and they went out and they got a ton of it in Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. So of those two and all the others, give me the team that you think has changed its fortune. Which team has made the most impactful moves so far, the Yankees have gone from being a team that I did not even view really as a playoff contender to now being a team that I think has at least a 50 50 shot of making the playoffs. It'll probably have to be as a wild card, but they did exactly what they needed to do. They didn't acquire the kinds of players that they needed, they acquired the exact two players that they needed. Joey Gallo's a stud. Joey Gallo can do everything there is to do on a baseball field. Yes, he's going to hit for a low average, but he's also going to park a bunch of home runs uh, at Yankee Stadium and go a long way in adding balance to that lineup. Anthony Rizzo also adds a bunch of credibility to that team because, first of all, and I can't believe I'm saying this, he's a winner and practically no one on the Yankees has actually won. That goes a long way. He's going to improve their defense considerably at first base, and he goes from uh, a very tough place to hit for a left-handed hitter at Wrigley Field to Yankee Stadium. So I think you'll see his power numbers start to inflate some. And they got both of those guys, Greeny, without trading away a single current big leaguer. So when you add Gallo plus Rizzo without compromising any of your big league roster, your team got a lot better. Let's just contemplate what you just said for a moment. We are living in a universe where the Chicago Cubs have all these winners on their team and the New York Yankees do not. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) If 10 years ago, if six years ago someone had said that to you, it would have been very difficult to take. But it actually does bring me very nicely to the next point I wanted to make. So I think I will take this moment and do so. After a quick reminder about Straight Talk Wireless, which has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract, all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless 5G-capable device required, actual availability coverage, and speed may vary. It, It actually, I think on some level, it actually kind of brings us to this what I meant to play. How about this? <laughs> Greenies takes. Those are not in the same place on the screen. I got a whole other thing. Bubba's not here today. I got to figure all of that out. Well, here's my take. You know what the Cubs are doing? What they did yesterday? And this is what I mean by I bet you there were some people shedding a tear. I have a lot of very close connections in Chicago. I think you know this. I met and married my wife in Chicago. I lived in Chicago 11 years. 
It's a second home to me, and I still have a ton of family and very close friends there. I bet you as we watch this team being dismantled, the 2016 Cubs, which have got to be among the most beloved teams in sports history, a very, very short list of teams that have been more beloved in any city than that team was, is, and will forever be in Chicago. For all the obvious reasons that I, I don't even think you have to know the market well to understand why that is. Everybody knows about the history of the Cubs, and everybody saw that run. And everyone saw this incredibly likable young team, and Anthony Rizzo may be the top of that list. I mean, Anthony Rizzo mic'd up during the World Series saying he's in a glass case of emotion. The anchorman line will live forever. But I do believe, I do find myself thinking, as one who knows that city well, that what the Cubs are doing this week is they're saying goodbye to Michael, Scotty, and Rodman. They're saying goodbye to Walter, Ditka, and McMahon. They're saying goodbye to the most beloved figures on a team that will live forever. The Chicago Bears of 1985 will be beloved in that town as long as there is anyone left alive who remembers them. The Chicago Bulls, obviously, of the 90s are one of the most, if not the most, legendary team in modern sports memory. And so they will always be remembered. The 2016 Cubs may actually be more beloved than any of those. They really may be. The affection that that city feels for that team is, it's second to none. And I'm telling you right now, for as great as the Bulls were all those years, and the White Sox won a World Series in 2005, and the Bears haven't won a Super Bowl since 1985, or the 85 Bears, 86 in January, and, and, people, and, and the Blackhawks have been extraordinarily good in recent years and won a bunch of cups. I'm willing to bet you everything I have that if you had given the sports fans, if you could have somehow pulled the sports, every sports fan in that city and said, what's the one thing you want most, they would have said, I'll take a Cubs World Series over and above everything else combined. And they gave it to them. And so now as they say goodbye to Rizzo, and I was saying, I just would let my nephew like tweeted this very emotional, nice sort of heartfelt thank you to Anthony Rizzo for being the unquestioned leader on the heart and soul of a team that they will love forever. My nephew is 23 now. He would have been, what is that, five years ago. He would have been 18 years old when this happened. So my point is, like, that's, that's, that's being broken up now. I bet you there were some tears being shed over, a, you know, at a couple of watering holes today, over, <laughs> over at Sluggers and over at Bleachers and at the Billy Goat Tavern and all these other places at Harry's in Chicago and on Rush Street tonight saying goodbye to that group because by the time this day is over, they will also say goodbye to Chris Bryant. They will say goodbye to Craig Kimbrell, which is not related to that. So I, I, I think I, I find myself thinking about that. Now, the soulless among us, like Hembo, will not feel choked up by that. But it does make one wonder, Nuno, what was the hardest sports goodbye you ever had to say? Uh, had, in all your life as a sports fan, and I know your teams, you're a quintessential New York fan. You love the Knicks. You love the Yankees. You love the Giants. What's the hardest goodbye you've ever said as a sports fan? You know what I think the hardest thing that that hurt probably the hardest is Don Mattingly not winning a title. Hmm. Like, and just being on the cusp of, you know, being involved in that team. Like, I think that hurt the most. It's like, you know, why couldn't he have been part of that? I like that. Did you cry when Mattingly retired? 
No, but like, <laughs> I don't think so. That was such a long time ago. I don't think I did. It's, There's it's, been a lot of blurry nights ever since then. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't think so. No, I, I, how about you, Hemba? What was the hardest sports goodbye you ever had to say? That would be to Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins is my favorite Philadelphia Eagle. He played there for 15 years, I'd say. And growing up in Philadelphia, he was always my favorite player. And always they got so close and never did they win a championship. He wound up playing the last few years of his career in Denver. And Jeffrey Lurie, to this day, the owner of the Eagles, says, maintains, that that's his biggest regret or among the biggest regrets ever as an owner. Seeing Brian Dawkins in anything other than the Midnight Green was jarring and having to say goodbye to him was as emotional as I could get as a sports fan. I like it. I, 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 that's a, it's a good one. And Doc, of course, came and worked here at ESPN for a while. And he's a person who just oozes leadership. Like in everything he does, he just oozes leadership. I, I, you asked me that question mm-hmm. during the break. And I've actually been thinking about it. So the obvious one would be Joe Namath. And I was a little kid. But I think that it would be Namath for this reason. That I remember saying to my father, like, what do you mean Joe Namath is going to go play for another team? Like, that was when I was too young. What year did he go to the Rams? Like, 75? Something like that. So I was seven years old. I, what, what year did he sign with, with the, with go to the Rams? He went to the Rams in 77. 77. So I was nine. So mm-hmm. e- even that, it still confused me. I was thrown. The real answer is one that doesn't really apply to this because it was so totally different. But the real answer is August 2nd of 1979, which is a day that will be etched in my memory forever, but for entirely different reasons. And that is the day that Thurman Munson got killed in a plane crash. And and that, for anyone who was a Yankee fan, for anyone, if you liked baseball in, in that era, that's a totally, so that wasn't the same kind of goodbye. I, I grant, That doesn't apply mm-hmm. here. So that obviously is completely different. But, I mean, if you wake me up from a, a dead sleep when I'm 100 years old and say, what was the day that at Thurman Munson, I would tell you it was August 2nd. I would say that I knew a girl whose birthday was August 2nd, and I held it against her for a period of time that Thurman got killed. So, so that would be by far the most emotional I ever was, but obviously for entirely different reasons. Anyway, um, you know, for all the folks in Chicago today who love, lived, and died, who will remember that team that fondly forever? I'm sure this is sort of an interesting day. Greeny with you, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. Reddit user Ja1073 says, you got to look yourself in the mirror and ask, am I ready for this life? You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at samsung.com slash reserve. Meanwhile, you ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. The question of the day is, did one team win a championship yesterday? We will answer that question coming up next after this word from Rumble On. Does the thought of selling your motorcycle, ATV, or vehicle already make you exhausted? There's no need to keep putting it off because RumbleOn.com makes selling easy. You'll have a cash offer in minutes and a free pickup. Harley, Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha, trade-in or sell. RumbleOn will pay cash no matter what, the make or model. See what RumbleOn can do for you by visiting RumbleOn.com. Fast bikes, faster cash. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. A weekly rewind brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. I'm very gratified for a lot of the nice response that I have gotten to that conversation that we had here. We had pieces of it actually each of the last two days. That's something that's very important to me, and it's an increasingly um, integral piece of the conversation inside and outside of sports, which I think is outstanding news for our country and our society and 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 our species um is the idea of of destigmatizing uh, the the ideas surrounding mental health uh it's something i've talked about openly on the air for years and i'm very comfortable with it i've it's not something i've ever been the least bit remotely ashamed of and i i don't think there's any reason anybody should and everyone's perspective on it is, is different of course and and the issues from this week surrounding Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka they're not the same as mine and, and I'm not trying to conflate the two but they all do ultimately come back to the same thing so uh, again I, I appreciate the, some of the very nice notes that I got on that subject in the meantime let me get to the question of the day you ask these questions Greeny's question of the day as we have arrived at this incredibly busy juncture on the sports calendar COVID has moved so many things around that normally we would not have a day in which we are coming off of the NBA draft, which means all of the NBA wheeling and dealing and the free agency starting next week and the baseball trade deadline coming up now four hours and change from now. So we have these huge moves that got made sort of simultaneously yesterday. And so my question of the day is, did one city win two championships yesterday? Did the Lakers and the Dodgers both win the championship in their sports with the moves they made yesterday? Let me ask my vice presidents of their respective sports that question to begin. Hembo, I'll start with you as my vice president of baseball. Did the Dodgers win the World uh, World Series yesterday? I say no. I understand why they're they're the favorite, and that's because they're the most talented team in baseball. And this has been headlined as the Max Scherzer trade, and for good reason. He's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. He's going to the Hall of Fame someday. But this is actually the Trey Turner trade. Trey Turner is, is the best player that has been or will be traded this week. He is that kind of good. He's one of the 10 or 15 best players in baseball right now. But still, that is such an incredibly tough division. The Padres are super good. The Giants own the best record in all of baseball. I'm not ready to go there and say that the Dodgers are the clear, prohibitive favorite to win this thing, given the fact there's a whole lot going wrong on, on that roster right now. Yesterday helps. But I'm not willing to go there. Well, I'm one who, as you have heard me say, in fact, I said it earlier today, people generally don't get rich betting on things that have never happened before. 
Conversely, they do get rich betting on things that have happened before. So I get that the National League, particularly that division, is loaded. And I get that we have seen some struggles, particularly from Mookie Betts. But I've seen him in big spots before, and I believe in him. I've seen Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer, and even to some degree Kershaw. I know his postseason history is the subject of great debate, and it is, to be fair, it's spotty. Mm-hmm. But with the others, I've seen that before. I feel confident that they will. Obviously, they, like all these other teams, are going to wind up playing into October. I feel confident when October comes, they're going to play good. I do believe that they are the team to beat, in the, not only in the National League, but they are the favorites to win the World Series. It's a good point to make, Greeny, because what the Dodgers have is muscle memory. They just won this thing after trying and failing so many times before, so they figured it out. They cracked the code. The Padres can't say that. The Giants, this version of the Giants, certainly can't say that. And obviously the Brewers and the Mets can't say that either. So the Dodgers have the most talent, and they do have the most relevant experience. So I suppose in that sense, your argument definitely holds plenty of You know who else can't say it? You and, and Nuno, I was over, I was listening. I was, what's the word I'm looking for? Eavesdropping? Eavesdropping? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was overhearing your conversation during the break about another team that doesn't have that is the Yankees. <laughs> the, the, the perennial, you know, Yankees. They have almost no championship pedigree on their team. When I said to you last segment, you know, Anthony Rizzo brings a winning pedigree with the Yankees really don't have, it did strike me. Like, and once you say that out loud, like, that's a weird, crazy thing to say. Aroldis Chapman, the Yankees' closer, of course, won a championship in Chicago. He won that championship with Anthony Rizzo. And Brett Gardner, who's going to become a fourth outfielder for the Yankees, won a championship with the Yankees in 2009. Those are the only three players on the 40-man roster that have ever won a championship. That's, that's really amazing. You could probably do an interesting thing. How long has it been since the Yankees had that few players on their roster that have World Series rings. I, I, I would guess it has been a long time. I can look into that. You're probably right, but when you say it out loud, it is very jarring. No, it's, it's a good point. It's our baseball conversation brought to you in part by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money progress starts here. So that's the baseball piece. How about my vice president of basketball conversation, Nuno? Did the Lakers win the championship yesterday in acquiring Russell Westbrook? There are too many holes in this roster currently to say yes. I, at this point, I would say no. And if I looked at them versus, let's say, the Nets, I have less confidence in the Lakers making it to the uh, finals versus the Nets in the East. Okay, because the Nets are better and because the Nets play in a lesser conference. So I agree with both of those. That said, and this is a funny thing to say when you're talking about Russell Westbrook, but I actually think there is a far greater implosion factor, potential implosion, with the Nets than there is with the Lakers. This is also, It's also injuries become a major factor potentially with both teams because the Lakers stars are all older. I mean, LeBron is older. Uh, mm. Anthony Davis isn't, but LeBron is older. And, and even Westbrook is 32. And he plays, you know, and I mean this in a good way, like a maniac, right? So he's, you know, that there's always a concern there with him starting to slow down. And then you got LeBron, who, of course, is an older player. And Anthony Davis, who, while young, is always hurt. But you can't say you give them the... Give the Nets the edge in that regard when they just were decimated by injury in the playoffs. Let's see what kind of shape James Harden is in. Let's see where Kyrie's head is when we get there. And obviously, KD, I think, is pretty much a given at this point. He's he's gotten past that injury that he had in Golden State. So, so if you had to bet on it right now, you would bet 
I told you right now, only one of the two, the Nets or the Lakers, will make the finals. Nuno, you would bet on the Nets? Yes, I would bet on the Nets. How about you, Hembo? I would bet on the Nets before I bet on the Lakers. Okay, fair enough. Here's, here's the reason I'm rooting for it. I'm going against my own better judgment and my own usual modus operandi because I hate super teams. You know I hate super teams, and every fiber of my being wants to root against the Nets and root against the Lakers. But those two teams head-to-head in the finals would be spectacular for this reason, not because they have all these stars, but because those stars hate each other. Because it is Kyrie against LeBron and KD against Westbrook at the same time. At the same time. And oh, by the way, Harden, I think, feels some kind of way about KD also. About some of the things that happened there. And Anthony Davis, I think, is a guy who feels like he's got something to prove after the Greek freak basically took away all of his big man, you know, versatile big man attention this postseason. So that would be six motivated superstars with genuine dislike. Sign me up for that right now. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Okay, shoes remaining to be dropped. Huge trades still to come before the deadline. Buster only tells you exactly where they're going to happen next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny. The podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District to Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster only in just a few seconds on the Goodyear hotline, but quickly, since I think we'll be on the baseball for the rest of the show, Hembo said he's got a good trivia question for me for the hoops. Let's go. I do, Greeny. You think Russell Westbrook will someday be a Hall of Famer, right? Definitely. Okay, so he, I found that he will, would theoretically then become the fourth player to reach the Hall of Fame play for the Lakers, and go to UCLA. There are three other players who went to UCLA, played in their NBA careers for the Lakers, and wound up in the Hall of Fame. Can you name them? All right, one of them is ridiculously obvious, of course, which is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, That's whose right. name was Lou Alcindor when mm-hmm. he played there. 
I don't think Walton ever played for the Le- – uh, well, Jamal Wilkes. Jamal Wilkes is the second. Would be another or, one. Or eight. Yes, you have one more. Um, so another player who played for UCLA and the Lakers and made it to the Hall of Fame. That's right. It, so it, Bill, it, Bill Walton it, never did. It's not required to have won a championship with the Lakers. Correct, just, just having ever played for them. But this player is known for playing for the Lakers. He's known for playing for the Lakers and went to UCLA and is in the Hall of Fame. In the interest of time, because I got Buster waiting, can you give me an era? Yeah, 60s and 70s. Gail Goodrich? Gail Goodrich is correct. Okay, well, how about Greeny then? Well done. She's getting it done. Well so done. you think you're going to put these past me, but you're going to realize I'm too good. I got too much oh, knowledge. Use Buster as an excuse to get I a little I got it tip. all up here. Buster only is now with us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Robert Stanberry, only the third. Would you have gotten that trivia question, Buster? I would have because I grew up a big Laker fan. Gail Goodrich, of course, responsible for one of the two picks that they uh, that they uh, they got in return when they traded Gail Goodrich, I believe. And Hembo will back me up on this. It was either Worthy or Magic, the other uh, guy that they traded to get that, Don Ford. Hmm. So okay. for Don Ford and Gail Goodrich, the Lakers got Magic and James Worthy. Wow. How about that? How about that kind of level of just extraordinary knowledge from one Robert Stanberry, only the third? Hembo, you look stumped. All right, I'm I'm asking you a question here um, that I've been asking all day long, and that is, did two teams in one city win themselves championships yesterday? One of them is the Lakers by acquiring Russell Westbrook. We've talked about that. Now I'm asking you the second question. How about the Dodgers with the acquisitions of Max Scherzer and Trey Turner? Buster Olney, did they win themselves a World Series yesterday? No, they uh, got needed improvements on their roster uh, in the face of concerns. Number one, Mookie Betts. He has not been as good this year. He's had physical issues. He's on the injured list right now with a hip issue. Uh, No one, I think, uh, within the Dodgers organization knows if he's going to go back to being the Mookie Betts, at least in 2021, the Mookie Betts that we saw at the end of last year. And Cody Bellinger is becoming a mystery for the Dodgers. You know, in the first 46 games of this year, he's hitting 161. Uh, I don't think they have any sense of whether or not he's going to be able to find himself before they get to the postseason. And, of course, number three, the obvious one, we don't have any indication that Trevor Bowers is going to pitch again for the Dodgers. So they have roster holes, and they addressed them yesterday. Okay, fair enough. Let me go to the other team that's been, or an other team, that has been very busy to this point, and that would be the Yankees with monster acquisitions. And your friend and mine, Mr. Hembo, said they didn't get players like what they needed. They got the exact players they needed by bringing in Gallo and Rizzo uh, to this point. What did the Yankees do for themselves this week? Well, let's face it. Uh, Their chances for winning the division are – absolutely uh small like they they probably are not going to win the american league east and so they uh, effectively upgraded then if uh, if they don't win the division for a shot to play in a one game elimination wild card uh and you know what they're they're taking their shot they have spent so much money they're right in the prime of the careers of garrett cole and giancarlo stanton and they got aaron judge for this year for next year and then he hits free agency so they're going to take a run at it, uh, and they arrange these deals uh, where the other team is taking on money so that they could standard the $210 million competitive balance tax. They clearly upgraded. Their offense is going to be better. Uh, they're, they're hoping that they can find that very narrow path into the second week of the playoffs. 
A baseball conversation here brought to you in part by Samsung Galaxy. You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at Samsung.com slash reserve. Meanwhile, Buster, we talked the other day about Joey Gallo. What does Anthony Rizzo specifically do for the Yankees? He adds the left-handed balance that Hembo has been clamoring for all summer for that lineup. He is someone who improves the defense. He's someone who joins the team as a good clubhouse guy. Uh, and in the postseason, if the Yankees make it, he's going to have a heart rate of 60 when everyone else is 160 because he's played in big games. And I got to say, I'm absolutely shocked that the Red Sox didn't find a way to get Rizzo because as good a fit as he is with the Yankees, he's even a better fit for the Red Sox in terms of what they need right now. They go and get Kyle Schwarber last night, uh, but he's not a perfect fit. He hasn't played first base before. Uh, apparently, they're going to try to make that work there with Rizzo. There would be no question they would add an elite defender who was going to help the pitching staff in the left side of the infield, and they missed that opportunity. To your point, he's also a proven winner, and we were talking about it here a little while ago. I don't know when the last time this could be said, but the Yankees only have three players with World Series rings on the 40-man right now. They've got Brett Gardner, who won his as a Yankee. They've got Rizzo and Chapman who won theirs as Cubs, and that's it. So bringing in a little championship pedigree also feels like it could make a difference. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And, you know, we'll see. All along, the missing part of the Yankees' formula has been their offense. They came into the year believing they were going to bludgeon other teams, and that was going to create the margin for error that would fill in the gaps for issues like the rotation, potentially the bullpen. That hasn't happened. Now with Gallo and Rizzo, they have a better chance of that happening. And I do believe there's an excellent chance by the time we get to 4 o'clock, they'll also have added a starting pitcher. They've been out fishing around about that this morning. And any direction that you might be thinking they will go? It would be, uh, and I I wish I could give you, because it's not a great starting pitcher market, but I think they're looking for middle road of the rotation type of guy. Jose Barrios is the best available starter of the Minnesota Twins. I think he goes by the end of the day, maybe to the San Diego Padres or the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, if the Yankees add a starter, I think it'll be someone uh, of lesser name, uh, but just somebody who's going to add depth to that rotation. Greeny and Buster only with us here. I talked earlier about how like, my nephew uh, posted like this really sweet sort of sentimental thank you to Anthony Rizzo, and we talked a little bit about how by the time this day is over, they will have basically completely broken up the legendary Cubs of 2016 who will be beloved in that city until the end of time. And that is because Chris Bryant is going to get traded as well. When and where is that going to happen, Robert? Well, it's going to happen before 4 o'clock. I think right now, uh, you know, the New York Mets are, I know from talking with executives of other teams, are viewed as the the favorite to make that happen. He could potentially fit uh, a team, you know, like the San Francisco Giants. But the Mets yesterday were talking to other teams about J.D. Davis, who's been playing third base for them this summer, almost as if they're preparing to clear the decks there. And if the Cubs and Mets make a trade, the Cubs also have a back end of the rotation type starter that the Mets have been looking for in Zach Davies. So one way or another, I think that Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, understands that the expectation of his fan base, are, they're very high and I think he's going to make a move that uh, and bring in a big name. And would that put them over the top? So Hembo has been sitting here, and you know where Hembo is from. So he's been making the case to me for the last several weeks that based upon the injury problems in Queens and the remaining schedule for both teams, 
that he likes the Phillies as currently constituted to win the National League East, not the Mets. If the Mets get Chris Bryant today, Buster, who do you think wins that division? Yeah, uh, and Hemo is insane. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea where he could pass, how he could think about that. I would say the Atlanta Braves are also dangerous. Uh, they're going to be getting a Noah back in the next two weeks. They're going to be getting Travis Darno back. Um, the the fact that uh, Steve Cohn knows in this first trade deadline is owner of the Mets and understands the expectations of the fan base, I, I don't think there's any doubt he'll do something because, my God, if that team, uh, you know, with all the problems the Phillies, the, the Braves, and the Nationals have had this summer, if somehow we get to the end of the year and the Mets, after the Mets, don't add at the trade deadline and they lose the division, the Mets fan base would be even more unhappy than normal, well, which that, is saying something, by the way. It's saying a lot. Yeah, obviously. And, and I mean, all the celebration that, that existed when uh, he bought the team away from the Wilpon family might feel a tad muted. But the only thing I'll say about billionaires, especially those who made their money the way that guy did, is they, they don't get bullied into stuff much. So I felt like he kind of got bullied into signing that Lindor deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he gave him $300 million. They were kind of holding out. And it felt like he kind of got, I don't want to forced into that by the power of public, you know, pressure. And, and, and so is that what we're talking about here, Buster? Is this, you know, we used to say of the previous ownership that they were a little too attuned to what was being said on talk shows and stuff like that. Does this have a similar feel? It, it does have a similar feel, and you're right about his background, but I think for this summer, that's still in effect. He needs to win a division title as an owner. He needs to see the the Mets advance in the playoffs for a couple rounds before I think he wins some, uh, you know, some credibility with his fan base. Right. And I, I'm sure that as a longstanding Mets fan, he understands that. Fair enough. Okay, greeting and Buster only with me here. In the minutes I have remaining, I have two other things I wanted to get into today with you. One of them is this: I was reading quotes from Kurt Schilling. Now the quotes were not recently the the quotes i think he said this back in january or something when he asked the hall of fame right to take him off of the the last cycle when he did not get in this is kurt schilling's last year on the writer's ballot for the baseball hall of fame last year he was the closest of anyone to making it if you follow the way this stuff always works players tend to trend towards trend towards trend towards and then get in i think he got 71 percent of the vote he asked the writers to take him off the ballot, or excuse me he asked the hall of fame to take him off the ballot. They decide who's on the ballot, then the writers decide who they vote for. And I read this morning as I was coming in, Buster, that the Hall of Fame declined to take him off the ballot. I I find that an interesting decision, which is to say if a player is saying, I don't want to be on the ballot, what is the rationale for saying, well, it's not up to you whether you are on a Hall of Fame ballot or not. I just wonder, Buster, with all the Hall of Fame conversations we've had over the years, what do you think of that? Um, it's not surprising. Uh, I think that they, they don't, the hall of fame doesn't want to put itself in a position where they have players dictating, uh, to them. The best example, that would be the ball caps. Remember for years, they would ask the player, Hey, if you played on multiple teams, which cap do you want? And then there was a question one year about whether a player was monetizing that. And so then the hall of fame stepped back in and said, no, 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 enough of that. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I think their, their feeling is, is that the process for the voting goes above the players. It's, it's in the hands of the, the hall of fame and the voters, the writers, and they don't want the, the players, uh, becoming a part of that process and saying, well, I'm in, or maybe I'm not in. That would be my instinct. Just, uh, my, 
my history of talking to folks at the hall. The thing about it that I that it makes me think of, and, and look, we all know Kurt's a little different kind of guy, right? So maybe he would genuinely turn it down in the event that he got in. But I remember in the earliest days of Mike and Mike, it might have been our first year. What year did Harry Carson get into the Hall of Fame? That'll answer the question. Goodbye. One year, Harry Carson, the legendary Giants linebacker, didn't make it. And he came on our show and he said, I don't want to be on the ballot anymore. I don't want them to consider me anymore. This is too painful for me. What, what year was it? 06. 06. So sometime before 2006. And he, 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 it was too painful for him. It was too painful for his family to go through it, all the anticipation and the disappointment. I don't even want to be considered anymore. I want out of this process. And then he got in. And he said it was the greatest day of his life. So, I mean, that, that's the only thing I thought of is I wonder if Schilling does get voted in this year, which I think is a possibility, Buster. You would know better than I would, but he had 71% of the vote last time. I wonder how he would handle that if he does get voted in this year. My guess is that he would go uh, because the one thing about Kurt and I worked with him on Sunday Night Baseball, obviously covered him as a player. He knows and respects the history of the game. And so while... You know, he may not respect the, the opinion of a knucklehead like me or any of the writers who are voting on the ballot. The idea that he would have a Johnny Bench on stage or other Hall of Famers on stage and he would turn down that opportunity to be honored in front of them, I just don't see Kurt in the end deciding to do that. I might be completely wrong. You know, maybe so angry with the process and with the, you know, the, the voters and the idea that, uh, I mean, let's face it, his candidacy has been greatly affected by this wave of, uh, of steroid era candidates. And, and, of course, the reaction to some of uh, his postings on social media. But I, I, I got to believe in the end, if he has an opportunity to speak in front of other all-time great baseball players, he would embrace that. Green, I'm not sure if this is the only example, but a recent example of a player being in the, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame and not attending was T.O., T.O. a few years right. ago, he did not get in on the first ballot. We know he took that hard, and he did the, his thing at Tennessee Chattanooga where he went to college. That's right. He did attend. Yeah, and, and I remember talking about it and saying that I, I believe, and I still do, and T.O.'s another guy who's sort of a, you know, a, a different person, but um, I will forever believe that he will someday regret <clears throat> that decision. One more for you, Buster. Are you or are you not a disgruntled and bitter Vikings fan who believed that Aaron Rodgers was not going to play for the Packers this year and that opened the door for your team, and now you are just <laughs> devastated and crushed. I'm, I've learned that I'm completely bitter because all summer my 17-year-old son, uh, who is a huge fan of Tennessee Titans, has been saying, oh, you guys have it easy. You're going to roll into the playoffs. Piece of cake. Nobody's going to challenge the Vikings this year. How great is that? And then the other day when the news was broken by Adam Schefter – about Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay. First thing I get, I got the news from my son. Oh, so much for that, Dad. Vikings <laughs> go right back into the middle of the pack. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Uh, Robert Stanberry only uh, the third on ESPN. The trade deadline special today starts 2 o'clock Eastern. 2 o'clock Eastern runs at 4.30, so those post-deadline deals that we hear about, we'll be running through those as well. All right, and so Buster will be there for that, and then he'll join me because we're going to do a special edition of Get Up at 4.30 Eastern. So those guys will be on the Baseball Tonight special from 2 to 4.30 Eastern today on ESPN, and then we will take over for an hour of Get Up at 4.30 Eastern time with reaction to what happened in the trade deadline and Russell Westbrook and everything else. Buster, I'll see you then. Thank you. Yep. See you, Greeny. All right, that's Robert Stanberry Olney the third. 
So our day is not yet done. Hembo and I got to get back cracking for our Get Up special this afternoon. I hope you guys will watch. We'll be on at 4.30 this afternoon. Again, we'll have complete coverage of Chris Bryant to wherever it is he winds up going and a whole lot more. That's 4.30 Eastern on ESPN. I'll see you then, and I'll see you back Monday on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.